Hey everyone, I'm Joe Klimczewski in Contest Prep University here doing a feature interview with Joe Schretzenmeyer. I've known Joe for probably going on a year now, and it has been one of the most exciting, fun relationships I, I feel like I've developed in, in a long time. Because when I look at Joe, not only do I, I love his name, um, I, I honestly see myself. Uh, I, I see how I got started in the sport, and it's so exciting to see somebody of the next generation, pick up that mantle, carry it forward and do it in, in a way that I think hits all the right notes in terms of, of quality and business premise and goals. So Joe, first of all, thanks for, for coming on and doing this with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. So it's I'm going to, I'm going to give people a little bit of background. Uh, hopefully I'm introducing you to some new, new audience, but you were one of the youngest pros ever at 19 years old to win your pro card in men's physique. And now a few years later, you are, you're still in school, uh, doing some work in, in different areas. And, and we'll get into that in a second. But you also have your own fitness company, Shreds Fitness. Tell us, uh, tell us just a little bit about how you started that and what your goals are for your, for your own brand. So it basically started when, you know, being as young as I am and um, just going through like all the information on the internet, you know, just trying to find your way. Um, it, it gets pretty tough when you are sifting through blogs on blogs of different forums and videos and you hear so many different things coming from every direction and you don't know what's right and what's wrong and you end up just kind of going in circles um with training and nutrition because you're just always constantly trying new things but you never give anything um really time to work its magic so i formed shreds fitness um for training and nutrition based on the fact to help up-and-coming bodybuilders kind of sift through and like cut the learning curve in terms of all the information that's out there because i was blessed at a very young age to turn pro and have worked with many two, two top coaches and many IFBB pros um, in very well-known gyms and, you know, just all over and, you know, working with you, all the information that, that you have. And um, I just like, yes, I am young, but I feel like I am very knowledgeable and I just want to give back because I, I, I was so blessed coming up. So, you know, I, I feel like it's uh, always, you know, deep in our hearts. We always just want to help others. Well, you know, after my own 25 to 30 years, uh, not only in the industry, but um, I, I wouldn't say I was quite your, I, I was 20 years old when I competed in my first contest, but I had been lifting weights and was really focused on my own physical transformation by the time I was 11 or 12 years old. So uh, as a lot of young people, you know, sports got me into it. I didn't really have that background as an early child, wasn't that healthy. So interestingly, uh, just in this last couple of weeks, I've been developing a new project and I had to kind of bring out some of those stories and, and tell people, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. And, and going all the way back to that point, our stories, Joe, are, are just perfectly parallel because back then, the, first of all, the internet didn't even exist. So, you know, you're, you're only finding information through bodybuilding magazines and it, it's pretty difficult to call those very scientific, especially back then there just wasn't even this entire field now that we would recognize as exercise science. I mean, I, I have just dozens and dozens of friends who 
have PhDs in exercise science or nutrition or biochemistry. And, and th those people are in labs and universities now driving an entire new era of research. And, and everybody likes to throw out in these terms, evidence-based and science-based. And I think that's because so recently, just a couple decades ago, it wasn't there. So you, you having that, that advantage to, to have all that information at your fingertips is both a pro and a con in my mind, because you rightly said, it's tough to know what's true. Now, now there are so many voices to listen to, it's difficult to know where to even begin. So, so t tell, tell me some of the influences you had and what led you to, to what you think are the best practices and principles. No, absolutely. So um, it, it's tough to figure out, you know, who to look up to because, you know, you'll, you'll find someone on Instagram. You're like, Ooh, I like, I really like their physique. Um, and then you start following them and then, you know, you, you might find out like later on that they're not as disciplined as you thought they were. And they're not like maybe the best role model. Maybe they were just blessed genetically. Um, so it, it really is tough to find those actual role models and uh, people to look up to. But um, my dad was actually, sorry, I mean, it's, it's actually a little emotional, but my, uh, my dad will literally drop whatever he's doing in order to help me. And he's been a huge role model in terms of um, putting other people first and not, not necessarily first, because I mean, you have to take care of yourself in order to help others, because if you know, you're falling apart, you're, you're not going to be much help to others. So, but in terms of, you know, making sure that you're not being selfish, he has ingrained that into my head tenfold. And I'm, I'm sure, obviously, as you know, and as many of the viewers know, um, bodybuilding can be a very selfish sport, uh, just basically because you're, you're focusing on yourself, you're trying to better yourself every single day, every single minute. So he has been a very big influence in terms of giving back and helping others and, you know, not making it all about yourself. So that's awesome. I, you know, I, I have four children all grown, so 18 to 26 years old. And I'm kind of happy that none of them followed me into my career path because I didn't want them to feel like they had to or that there was any kind of weird pressure there. So they all four do entirely different things. And like you said, as, as a parent, that's what you do. Uh, I was just texting my 18-year-old you know, this morning about, hey, I need this to help you with your scholarship packets and this and this and this. And you know, as, as a parent, that is, that's the kind of principle base that you want to give people. So I recognize, I saw a post that you did, I believe on Father's Day for your dad. And I thought, man, that's, this is the kind of guy, I, I, I knew I liked you for a lot of different reasons, but this, this sealed the deal. So great to hear that you picked your dad right off the bat. Yeah, no, he, he really has been such a big influence as, as well as, I mean, you, you've been a huge influence as well, um, just in terms of like the whole business aspect, you know, really helping me with, uh, just the whole social media aspect, you know, you get all your certifications. You're like, all right, I'm ready to rock. Let's get it. You know, the clients are just going to come flowing through because, you know, I know all the information that I know and what I can offer. So, you know, why, why wouldn't people come to me? But, you know, you literally made an entire business out of helping coaches, you know, have that reach, which is, you know, 70% of the game, um, just getting the clients 
So you, you've helped me a ton with the business aspect. And um, in terms of, you know, like training and nutrition, just, you know, kind of finding what works for you. Like I used to be very, very high volume, you know, very like Jay Cutler style, kind of taking sets to failure, but not really, not really pushing past failure. Um, training, <laughs> Um, my, my one coach at times had me training seven days a week, mm. which, you know, I, I've learned lessons along the way, but, um, you know, I've felt what overtraining feels like. And, you know, I used to, like I said, be like the higher volume. And then I have since cut back. And I would say in the past year, year and a half have made the most progress I've made it in my entire career with more of the Dorian Yates style training. But that's the thing is, you know, you can't tell people, you know, train a certain way. It has to be adaptive and, and adherence. So like what works for them, what they like, how they like to train. So, you know, some people might respond better to the, the lower volume, higher frequency, or some people might get along like better with, you know, training six days a week and doing a different body part each time. So, yeah. So I, re I remember, I remember being your age when Dorian Yates was winning the Olympia for the first time. And so right. of course I tried that kind of training and, and he was a little bit of a disciple of Mike Menser and the heavy duty approach. And uh, it, it, of course it had impact because it was different. And our training director, Luke Probst has a great quote uh, he'll tell people, you know, hey, the question he's always asked is, what's the best training approach? His answer is, whichever one you're not currently doing. Because as soon as there is adaptation, you use that word just a minute ago, Joe, um, you know, you, you can't do everything all at one time. All of the variables you need from, from frequency, duration, intensity, volume, you, you can't hit, uh, you know, every muscle fiber type, every energy system at one time in one workout, there has to be progressions and flows. And, and I want to get into exactly what you described in terms of the business side of this, because as somebody in his early twenties and, and you're, you're, you're following, you know, I would say parallel paths in terms of what you set out to do academically, but also you have this amazing hobby. That's more than a hobby. I mean, now you're a successful pro bodybuilder, pro competitor, and I think there are so many people uh, in their 20s, maybe even in their teens, who need that voice, who need to say, well, I can go out there and I can, I can view and, and read all this information, but I wanna, I wanna hear it from a guy who's there right now, who's, who's walked that same path, who knows where I'm at, and, and you're that guy. I mean, that's why I'm so excited to see that you are building a, a nutrition and fitness practice that can have such good impact on the younger people who really need it the most, you know, that they need those principles and those foundational uh, just lessons about biomechanics and, and training and nutrition. So they absolutely stay as safe as possible while progressing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the, the best things that you've taught me so far was to make every interaction count. So basically meaning you know, get to the point, like, what, what do you want to offer? So if you're, you know, posting 
on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok, wherever. Um, you want to have something that people can take away from that. You know, I mean, motivational posts and quotes are, they're great. And like they, they can, abs- people can absolutely take something away from that and um, be motivated. But in terms of, you know, solid concrete information, I have since really focused on, you know, okay, people like who would look up to me and how can I help them? So in terms of, you know, younger upper up and coming bodybuilders, um, just, you know, sifting through all this information, like what, what are certain questions that I had, you know, a couple years back or even right now. And, um, it's really helped me, you know, get down to the point where I am trying to just put as much information as I can out there to try to help. Um, but not so much where it's, it's confusing. You know what I mean? Like every, every, it's just like, you can look at it and take something away and not be left confused. Well, let's go. Let's go through some of that now because I'm, I I want people who are watching this to really glean some of that information from you. So, uh, as, I, as I said, you are in your early to mid twenties, and uh, I, I believe you're still in Delaware. Is that right? Correct. So Newark, Delaware, and that there's kind of a nice bodybuilding history there. I mean, you've you've had some pretty big names come up in that area, and and I think you said that you've been able to train with some of them in in a facility. Yep. Yeah. So I used to train. At, I currently train at Retro Fitness in Wilmington, and that's where I also do one-on-one training with my clients. And I used to train at the training center in Newcastle, Delaware, where IFBB Pro Fred Biggie Smalls, um, and you know, th- there's a whole entire list of IFBB pros that train there. Um, you know, Ed Paparillo, he uh, placed fifth in. Uh, I believe, I don't know if it was Chicago, but he placed fifth in his 212 Pro class, which was a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, He killed that. And then, you know, there's an entire slew, huge list of IFBB pros, you know, both male and female that I have been, you know, just around and I got to see how they train. I got to see different training styles. But one thing always stayed consistent was intensity. And, you know, that, that, that's one thing that, that it has to be an underlying factor. It, it's the common denominator is you have to put in as much effort as you can. And, you know, whether, you know, people are training super heavy or, you know, lower volume, focusing more on my muscle connection, you know, I, I've been around bodybuilders, powerlifters, strongmen, crossfitters. And, you know, it's just, it's so cool to be in that environment as well, because like I said, it's the common denominator. Like everybody is in there to better themselves and, you know, it's therapy. They are trying like as hard as they can to be better than they were yesterday. That's that's what keeps me here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, starting for the first time, you, you feel your body change instantly. I mean, you, you know what it's like to be physically active. And some of us now take it for granted, but through a 20 year career of competition and you know, always grinding for that next level, starting out as an amateur novice and moving into open and then regional shows and national shows and becoming a pro and, 
getting my ass handed to me as a pro and then, you know, going back to the drawing board and learning, okay, how do I, how do I beat some people? How do I get in the mid pack? How do I get in the top five? It's, this is a, this is a sport measured in years and decades. And uh, the irony is you're at this beginning part of yours. And I think with so much wisdom already because of those, those peer influences, but you, you've had that early success. And I think even as gifted and hardworking as you are, you're going to see that, okay, now that I'm a pro, that the success isn't going to come quite as quickly. I'm going to have to really work and put in that time in the gym. So, so what are you after now? When you say that you love high intensity work and a little less frequency, because I totally agree. And, and it's not just because that was the era that I grew up in. I've seen it over decades with thousands of clients and so many people get tied up into high volume training, uh, sometimes just bizarre amounts. And, and some of this gets supported even through, I don't want to call it exercise science as, as a, a central part of, of science, but you know, you, you can almost make anything sound supported. Um, you know, and you just can't, you can't glean everything from a, a six or a 12 week study with a, with a, you know, handful of subjects, you got to see what happens to the human body over that much time. So, so what are you finding in terms of having that extra recovery and, and, and allowing yourself to get in there and keep that intensity level higher every time you are in the gym? What's that like in comparison? So when you're, when you're training higher volume per session, so, you know, I, at, at one point, you know, I was doing, <laughs> sounds insane. I was doing 70 sets of quads for my one workout. Hmm. And um, that was once per week. And I would split up quads, hamstrings, um, back thickness, back width. I had an arm day, shoulder day, and a chest day. So literally everything was as split up as you could make it. And, um, you know, I had that recovery in between sessions you know because I was training each body part once a week so yes I was recovering but my nervous system didn't have time to recover so you know when you're doing that many sets you think you're going to failure you think you're pushing as hard as you can but when you back off and you give your time to your body time to recover which is literally when muscle is being built you know people have this stigma where it's like oh I'm not in the gym I'm gonna wither away to nothing and you know after three four days of rest you're actually probably bigger than you were you know, when you're balls to the wall in the gym training, breaking down your muscle. So it's, it's just the way it is. So I, um, I picked up, you know, a couple different methods. So right now I'm doing a modified push pull legs. So it is a little bit higher frequency. So, which I do like because I'm able to do less volume per session. So I'm able to bring that intensity, you know, one or two top sets per exercise and maybe four exercises per muscle group. So it's really not that high volume. You know, I could be doing anywhere from probably like six to 10 um, top sets per body part. And even, even 10 is pretty high. Um, so when, you know, when you're in there and you're doing six sets per body part, you have to like in your head, you're like, I have six sets to break down this muscle as much as I can. So it, it's just the intensity, you know, you think you're training as hard as you can when you're doing higher volume, which I mean, you really are, you're training as hard as you can, but it's just that next level when you are recovered, you're fresh, you're ready to go. You know, it's like you give the same amount of effort, but 
the result is so much greater because you are you are recovered and yeah physically physically you are recovered no absolutely yeah so you know when you're training like such high volume you're you think you're recovered but you're you're really not you're probably you know overtrained and it's such a such a shame that like and I, I don't, I don't really know where it came from, but I, I see kids in the gym nowadays, like, you know, it's, I, they think more is better, which would make sense on paper. Like, yes, like I do more curls, my, my arms are going to get bigger, but it's that fine line of finding how much you are able to recover. And along the way, you know, people started thinking that, you know, 70 sets for quads, you know, is going to make them bigger because I'm doing more sets than the guy who's doing 20 sets is. So why wouldn't my legs be bigger than his? But the, the reality is that guy doing 20 sets, those 20 sets are probably a lot more intense than the higher volume simply for the fact that like he has less like he's has more energy per set you know by the time you get to the end of 70 sets <laughs> like there's just nothing left and right. like how can you recover from that is it gets to the point of diminishing returns so it, it it is tough to find that fine line because it from going from higher volume to lower volume you think oh, i'm doing less like i'm gonna get smaller you know i'm not doing everything i can like especially in the sport, it's just like you want every single little advantage. Like you said, like being pro, you know, it doesn't come easy. So when, once you hit that pro stage, you know, you need every little inch and people are like, well, does it really matter if, you know, you get like six hours of sleep versus eight. And it's like, well, when you're trying to be the best pro that you can be and you know, you have to take every little inch that you can. Mm-hmm. So in terms of recovery and, you know, everything, you know, you have to make it up. Absolutely. And f- going from your teen years when you were training toward this goal, now into your 20s as a, as a business owner and a college student, how has nutrition changed? What was it like back then? We were just in my company forum with all of our coaches. We, we were just going over this question. Somebody, somebody was training like a, a 16 or 18-year-old, and they were going over <clears throat> weight gainer shakes and stuff like that. And so we had this nice conversation going on. And it took me back to those days. Well, what's it like being in high school where, you know, you don't have the kind of food opportunities and so forth. And so, so tell me how that path has gone for you in the last few years. Man, I have a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> so my senior year of high school. So, all right. So back up a little bit. So I really got into lifting when I was about 16. So I was like a freshman in high school. And before that, my dad introduced me when I was like 14 and it was like, you know, super lightweight, focusing on form, getting everything down, just kind of going from one thing to the next, like, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. But I was never, I wasn't allowed to progress in weight yet, according to my dad, because, you know, he, it was this theory that, you know, you could, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like stop the growth, right. like your growth plates. So it, it is, I'm not sure what the science says. It, like you could find stuff on either side of it. Um, saying that it does and it doesn't. So I don't really know. But he introduced me to lifting when I was like 14, kind of did a little bit stuff here and there, you know, more just like did a crap load of crunches and push-ups. And um, 
some like lacrosse training, just, you know, agility stuff. So then when I was about 16, me and my buddy used to walk to Planet Fitness every day after school. We would walk from our high school and we would go to the gym and then we would get picked up by our parents from the, from the gym instead of uh, taking the bus home. So we really got into it when I was about 16. And that's when I really started noticing, you know, I saw like my first bicep vein. I was, <laughs> I was set. I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. <laughs> um, so then it, we, we just both kind of fell in love with it and we were constantly pushing each other. And uh, it, it was just awesome. I like, it was therapy. It was something you can't really explain it. You just fall in love with it. So my senior year, it was right at the end of summer. So I was, I would do like a little cut each summer just to, you know, I would probably end up around like 175, you know, maybe like 170, like just cut back on food a little bit and um, maybe like throw in some cardio. Like I didn't know a whole lot, but just like, you know, get the abs showing for, for the summer and going to the beach and stuff. So I was right at the end of the summer. My, I go to McDonald's with my buddy and because he he loved McDonald's, I like I hated fast food. It just wasn't a thing, you know. And people, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan. But at McDonald's, they had this deal. Oh, I forget what it was, but it was like five dollars for like four Big Macs, like twenty nuggets, two large fries, like something crazy, like filled up like two whole trays. And he was like yo, like, you got to start bulking. Like, you got to get as big as you can this year. I'm like, you know what? Like, you're right. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I absolutely demolished the McDonald's. And then from that point on, it was like the start of my bulk. I was like, I just want to see how big I can get. You know, I just want to be like the biggest dude in my school. Like, and, you know, big to me was the scale. You know, I didn't really care at the, at the time. I didn't care if I was put on fat. I was just like, I just want to see how big I can get because I was playing lacrosse at the time too. So that kind of kept me in, in good shape. You know, I was running a lot. So I didn't, I didn't get too fat. I was, I was fluffy. What I would do is I would, so I would pack my lunch and I would actually pack like, you know, chicken, um, like a vegetable and like some like snacks or something like that. But then I would also pack, in my bag, I would have like four peanut butter and jellies that I would eat in between classes, like like walking to class. I would have, um, I would like get go to the cafeteria and get like literally, even when I was like so stuffed, like in the morning, like I would eat breakfast. I would eat like five eggs, bacon, and toast with peanut butter that my mom would make me. Love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would literally go like an hour later once I got to school. I would go and get like two bagels um oh, maybe even like some cereal I wasn't I would do like pop tarts every now and then but like I was literally just like even if I wasn't hungry I was just like eating as much as I could and that was followed up when I got home with a half gallon of chocolate milk I would eat whatever my mom made for dinner and then I right before bed uh, you know those like three to four serving bags of pasta like the frozen pasta that you just like heat up on the stove every single night religiously i would eat like the entire three serving bag of pasta before bed wow yeah so i got up my highest weight 
in high school, I got up to like 193. And I was, I was like, so happy. I was like, I never thought I would, because before that last, the winter before I tried to bulk and like, I was so hyped when I passed 180. I was like, yeah, I'm huge. <laughs> and then, um, you know, so 193 for me being like the heaviest I'd ever been by 13 pounds, you know, was a huge step for me. And like all my lifts were going up, you know, I was getting strong. I was like feeling good. And then um, I got to college. My nutrition <laughs> definitely changed. You know, well, I had access to like a cafeteria, like literally whenever I wanted. So I would go in between class and I would, I would honestly go for like the bodybuilding foods. Like even when I would go out to eat with like my parents, like I would, I was always, I love salmon. So, you know, I was a salmon and rice guy. Um, maybe a burger here and there, but I, w I was never one for like, you know, like getting ribs or pizza or like any, anything like too, too out there. You know, I, I always just liked eating clean because I felt better. Mm -hmm. So got to college, I would eat turkey burgers. Um, I would get like chicken and rice with like a salad. I would get, they had like a little sandwich shop. I would get like uh, turkey turkey and honey mustard oh man i i love honey mustard but same you know, thing funny yeah looking back you know my nutrition was good for it was good wasn't great um for where i was but then you know i at the time was like more focusing on strength because we had a depth chart for lacrosse so i was like i just want the highest bench the highest squat the highest deadlift most push-ups, pull-ups, and the fastest mile. So that that was my goal at the time. So in order to reach that goal, you know, I was like, okay, I have to stay lean enough to have the fastest mile, but I also have to like balance that with enough carbs in order to have the biggest lifts because I need energy in the gym. So it was like, I started like kind of messing with that a little bit and like, you know, seeing what worked better, like eating a little bit more before I work out. And then, um, like running in the morning before I would eat anything. So it kind of turned into, you know, fasted cardio with like big pre-workout and post-workout meals and, you know, hardcore training. And, um, I, I, like at the time that training was like bodybuilding training, but we had like CrossFit and we would, um, have like practice at 6am. So I would do like an hour lifting session in the morning, have practice, go home, eat, go to class, nap for like three hours <laughs> after class, and then get some homework done. And then I would go to the gym again for the second time. And I would train bodybuilding style just because I loved training for size. Um, like even at the time it wouldn't really benefit me, but I just liked being, you know, one of the biggest kids. So it always just kind of appealed to me, but then realized, you know, playing lacrosse in college was, it was great, but I, I need something different. Like I, I reached my goal. It was like, okay, I, I want to play college lacrosse. I did that. Now what, you know, I'm not going to play after college. So I want to focus more on school. So I transferred and took a semester off after I transferred. So then in that time, I was like, 
well, I, like, I'm still so competitive. Like what, what can I do? I know I love lifting. So it's either MMA or bodybuilding because my, my uncle. So, so before that point, you did not have your sights set on bodybuilding as a sport. It was just all about I never, stronger. ever thought oh, nice. I would step on a stage. Wow. I, I did not see that coming. I, I thought this was kind of a, a career trajectory for you all, all along. It wasn't. It, it, it was a very big switch. It was, um, you know, I always thought it was like cool. Like I thought Arnold and like all those guys, like I was like, holy crap, like that, that's so cool. And then I would see these guys on Instagram like shredded. And I'm like, why can't I look like that when I, you know, do my like summer shred where I would do like cardio twice a week, like, you know, on the bike for 20 minutes or something and like eat a little bit less. <laughs> I was like, why can't I get shredded? <laughs> but, um, you know, it was like taking it to that extreme. I was like, how do you do that? Like, I, I want to do that. And then like, then I saw, you know, MMA fighters, like in crazy condition shape and obviously bodybuilders. And my mom was like, yeah, you're not doing MMA because you have had four concussions from lacrosse. So I was like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, so bodybuilding it was. And I went to my uncle who used to be an NPC judge and former bodybuilder himself who I believe made it to nationals, but he never earned his pro guard. And um, yeah, he used to be a judge. I just, I went to him. I was like, Hey, um, I'm not, mom's not letting me do MMA. So I want to, I want to start bodybuilding. <laughs> like, what do I do? And he was like, well, first off you need a coach. And like, that was the first thing that he said to me. And to this day, like that was the best advice anybody had ever given me. It's still, it's still still such a unique thing to me because, you know, growing up that didn't exist for me. And even as a pro that didn't exist. And it wasn't until, I don't know if you know this whole story, but I was already writing for some of the, the top fitness magazines. And uh, it was the early 2000s, maybe late 90s, when I, I was actually trading articles. I was writing for a magazine publisher who would give me ads. And, and, you know, in my company, we were doing certain things that that worked out. And then one particular weekend, I didn't, I didn't have anything, you know, that I needed. So over the weekend, I just made something up. I, you know, everybody has their friends that they're helping and that kind of thing in the gym. So, so remember this is late nineties. So I thought, well, I don't know, you know, I've got a PhD in nutrition and, and I'm a pro and I write articles about peaking all this stuff and, and a lot of my concepts, I was turning the industry on its head and, and I was creating this audience because it was very, very unique information. So I just put together this little ad about being a contest prep coach. And that's, that's only 20 years ago. And that was the beginning of the entire coaching industry for our sport. Uh, like I said, there were always, you know, somebody that, you know, there's somebody in your gym, a personal trainer, another bodybuilder who would kind of take you under your wing and give you some advice. But as an actual occupation, kind of a, a branch of personal training and adding the nutrition coaching. So, so when I hear stories like that, it's, it's amazing to me, still a little weird that it's just like kind of a normal thing, just like a golfer has a, has a swing coach or a caddy. It's like, yeah, if you're going to compete, you got to get a coach. So, so great that your uncle did that and, and probably gave you a lot of advantages. Yeah. I'm so thankful. I mean, like literally the biggest advantage that, you know, I, I could have had like, you know, going from thinking that I was doing all the right things, eating the right things to having coaches says, 
this is how you're going to eat. This is how you're going to train. I'm going to check in and see how it's going. I'm like, all right, done. Like, you know, then you can focus on the nitty gritty because everything else is already taken care of. So in terms of, you know, at, at first I like had so many questions and like, I would just like overload his phone and I'm sure he got pissed off, but like, um, you know, he, he helped me with like a bunch of questions that, you know, like I said, I was like sifting through all this material and all these forms and like, you know, what's, what's the best this, what's the best that. And he really helped me understand that it's all personal, like what your body reacts to. And, you know, from the time I started working with him five months later, I turned pro. Yeah. It's amazing. From never even considering ever stepping on a stage in my underwear <laughs> to five months later turning pro, you know, I, that's literally the definition of cutting the learning curve. And that's what I want to give back to, to other people. So, you know, they're not, you know, so they can achieve what they want to achieve as fast as possible. Like, you know, it, it's great when you see, you know, people like every year they come back like a little bit better maybe not so conditioned, maybe, you know, there's just like, like something's off, but then, you know, they get a coach and like, bam, you're like, what happened? Like, are they like, did they hop on like drugs or something? It's like, no, they just, you know, dialed it in. They stuck to a plan, which is one of the hardest things to do when you don't have a mentor looking over you is sticking to one plan, one concept and just riding it out because, you know, I mean, at, at times, I'm sure, like, as you know, like, your clients are like, well, are you, are you sure we should do this? Like, wh- why don't we try this? And you're like, no, trust me, like, yeah, every day, because it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're like, trust me, because in a little bit, we're going to do this, and then that, and then it's going to all come together, and you're going to see. But it, like, in the moment, people are just like, they want it now. And, you know, they think that every single thing they read is true. And it, it's well, you're, so- you're describing you're describing why I love talking about these things because there there's so many landmines in the way of people with misinformation and so forth. And at that young age, I mean, everybody everybody has a heart for those those young kids who are just so trusting and they're willing to do anything. They will break themselves to achieve that goal. But I want to make sure I point out to people that that first of all, you had that commitment and tenacity for years. I mean, you were you were just rigid in in terms of what you were willing to make yourself go through both in the gym and with food intake. Uh, I know those stories. I would, I would lift weights in high school. We had a, a bodybuilding and fitness class. And then, you know, my friend, like you said, and I would go to the, the YMCA afterwards. If it was a day that we didn't train, it was a kind of a cardio day. Then we'd go to the Y afterwards and, and train. And then I, I had a small gym in my house and I would train and just like, you're willing to do anything, but you also have an engineering mind. I mean, that's what you're going to school for. You're an analytical guy. You understand principles and science and structure. And just like uh, as you're going through uh, mechanical engineering or electrical engineering or structural engineering, if you do something wrong, there's a cost. Like this is not something to mess around with. When you are building your body physiologically, you know, the musculoskeletal system, you started out with your dad, you know, at 12, 14 years old saying, hey, here's what we can do. Here's what we're not going to do because we have to respect the laws of physics and biology. 
I, I just love that you have that analytical mind at your age to help people uh, go through that process. Like I said, I think you're just going to be an incredibly important voice in this industry for, for up and coming competitors. I, I really appreciate that. that. That's amazing hearing coming from you. Um, well, tell tell us about, about your business. Like, like what kind of clients do you like and, and uh, you know, what are your services? Just, just give us kind of the rundown of what you like to do with, with your, your, your peeps. No, absolutely. So kind of, kind of like I, I touched on earlier, you know, I really like to help up and coming younger bodybuilders and not, not even necessarily young, even people, you know, who always kind of wanted to compete, but just never really knew where to start. And I just really want to help cut that learning curve and, you know, be, be a mentor. Like, like I had mentors for myself and, you know, how I see it, like it really changed my life from, you know, thinking I knew one thing to like going around in circles to like being set in a straight line and knowing exactly what I want, exactly what I want to do. And, you know, having someone guide me to that. So I really think guidance is so important and accountability. So I just really want to offer that to um, just, just people who are looking to compete for their first time. I, I think it's really important because I, we, we didn't even touch on it, but also a big thing is um, drugs are just so prevalent in this, in the industry nowadays that, you know, people join a gym and even if they're not even thinking about competing, they'll, they'll ask, you know, like, what do you take? Like, what can I take to get this and, and that? And then, then they start thinking about competing and it's just like, Oh man, like how much more can I take? And it's just a yeah, huge mistake for a young person. It really absolutely. is. And then, yeah. And then you're stuck with it the rest of your life and you're, yeah. everything's all messed up, but that's it, one know, of the greatest things I'm, I'm happy about in my life. I mean, and, and even when I was your age and younger, uh, there, there were people our age, you know, t- taking stuff at the time. And I don't know, s- something about it scared me. Uh, I didn't go that route. And, and luckily, you know, I found some drug-free organizations because I started competing in the NPC. And, you know, as a, as a young natural guy, I wasn't doing well. So I was able to win my WNBA pro card and have a career there. And, you know, just like as I've talked to my own children about recreational drugs, it's like, hey, you know, there, there are some cool things out there and, and you can experiment with and some are even healthy if you do it this way but my gosh when you're 16 17 20 years old like don't do that stuff now like don't don't do it because you feel you have to and and same thing with performance enhancing drugs like you can get into those loops where if you think this is reality and then as you perfectly said joe it's just like more 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 you don't even know if you're going to be doing this in five or ten years and certainly if you harm your body in that way your likelihood is probably a lot less. So man, just, just take your time, you know, don't get into that stuff until you know that that may be the route you want to go. And then as we're talking about coaching, you know, find, find medical and health health support. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always stayed on the, on the, the drug-free natural side, but obviously I have clients in the IFBB who, who use things and it's, you know, always with an air of responsibility uh, you don't you don't necessarily run into people uh, at, at, a, at a mature age who are doing it in a haphazard way. Like at that point, they they know the risks, they know the rewards, they know what they're doing. When you're 16, 18, 20 years old, it's 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 hard to know where those lines are. No, absolutely, and you know I'm so grateful 
the the first coach I had, um, you know, I, I asked him because I, I at the time I think like all like all my friends were taking like SARMs. And you know, I, I literally had like two bottles of like LGD or something. And you know, I was like, ah, maybe maybe I'll wait and like talk to my coach my coach about this, um, just to see what he says if he wants to like, you know, bulk up before the car or whatever. And like I asked him as he was like throw them out or sell them, <laughs> get rid of them. And I'm like, Are you sure? <laughs> he was like, Yeah, like you don't need it. Like you really don't need it. Like you have no idea how capable your body is of achieving extreme conditioning and, you know, vascularity and like all this stuff. And I was like, okay, like, let's do it. Nice. And then, um, yeah, but no, like I said, I'm I'm so grateful that he went the drug-free route and didn't push anything on me because now I want to give back um, to up and coming bodybuilders who think that they need that. But I just, I just want to show them that they don't, you know, I want to show and help these guys achieve more than they think they can achieve, even without anything helping them like along the way in terms of PEDs. Um, so that, that, that was, it's also a big thing is why I want to help like, you know, like people who are thinking about competing because, you know, you really do not need PEDs to get you to where you want to get to. Uh, at that age, it's going to, it's going to do more harm than good. So speaking of analytics, um, one of the things I love about your business model too, is that you really are set up to help people in the off season with strength and, and just programming and progress in general, uh, off season, pre-contest. Uh, I, I was really impressed with everything that you offer and we're going to put that kind of information in the show notes here so people can contact you. But, uh, any, any last words, if you're, if you're sitting across the desk from, from somebody who says, man, Joe, I want to be just like you, what, what, what are your, what are your first steps for them? Oh man. <laughs> uh, consistency. I mean, you know, everybody says it, it's so cliche, but it really is key is, you know, find what works for you in terms of training and run with it. You know, whatever you enjoy, like, if you want to be a bodybuilder and you enjoy, you know, just lifting, you know, find a, find a plan that, I mean, I, I can obviously help with my, um, the, the knowledge that I have, I do full training programs and, you know, every single exercise, <laughs> it's some people say it's a little much, but literally every single exercise is like a short, like half paragraph of exactly how to perform it, the tempo, you know, the contraction, the centric, like everything in extreme detail. Whereas like if you never touch a weight in your entire life, you could perform this exercise optimally and, you know, get the most out of it. You know, like Arnold literally said, you go in the gym, do, do one set and do more than the guys who are in there for the entire day. And I truly believe that it comes down to, you know, (laughs) my engineering mind. It's so precise (laughs) Like every rep has to count. Otherwise, you know, you're just wasting your time. You know, you could be out, you know, with your family eating. So like, yeah, if, if, if every rep has a purpose, then that's, that's gonna, that's gonna do it. No, absolutely. So I, I would say consistency is 100% key and finding what works for you. And um, that also goes for nutrition, you know, finding what foods digest well for you. You know, Seth first, he has this, chicken and rice, you know, and he knows that 
chicken and rice will digest well with his body. And then from there, you know, you add in like certain foods and, you know, if your stomach is kind of upset, you feel a little bloated, you know, you're not performing optimally, then, you know, okay, maybe that doesn't agree with me. So it's just finding what works for your body, man, like nutrition training, and then just being consistent with that, like day in, day out. And, you know, obviously um, having a coach, really helps you know with check-ins it, it's that accountability you know if, if you have to check in a certain day you like you're, you're thinking about that you know what i mean you're, you're like i want to look my best for my next check-in like i want to look better than i did last time and that often keeps you from going and straying off of your diet because you're like i, I just want to be better than i was last week so then you start finding yourself like you start finding you do things that you wouldn't normally do, you know, like you're getting a little bit more sleep than you did before. You're, you know, cutting out some, you know, like condiments, like ketchup or barbecue sauce and like really like dialing it in. So I, I just believe accountability can really help someone. And, you know, I, I would love to offer, you know, my knowledge and, you know, just everything I have to offer. Absolutely. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to have all that information there. So, man, uh, we're going to have to do this again, because this, this was amazing. Uh, was we we could have yeah. gone into so many different uh, areas a lot deeper. So I, we're definitely going to do that. But uh, Joe Shreds of Shreds Fitness, man, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Joe. All right. And everybody, thanks for watching, listening, another feature in Contest Prep University. We'll see you next time.